Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Look, y'all know we harp on it a lot. You need a good pair of binos. Yeah, I never hunted with binos until I was almost into my 20s. I never did it when I was a teenager or anything like that. Or when I was a kid, we never had binos. And when I bought my first pair of Vortex binos, the first binos I ever purchased back in like 2015, it immediately made a huge difference for me, especially in the turkey woods. So give yourself the advantage of a good pair of binos this spring, whether you're looking for more of like an entry-level bino like the Vortex Diamondbacks or something really, really nice like the Razors. Vortex is going to have something for you. And hey, don't pay full price for it. Use our discount code at eurooptic.com. Use the code SGN10 to get a discount on any Vortex optics that you want to order. Again, that's eurooptic.com, code SGN10 to go get a discount on any Vortex product you order. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. I am now the host, Jacob Myers, not Andrew Maxwell. We'll keep him to the side. JK, he is on the line. Uh, speaking about on the line, I also have uh, Matt Reeves on uh, from Southern Pursuit. And he's actually fishing right now while we're doing this interview, so that's kind of cool. So, Andrew, first of all, what's going on, dude? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Just sitting here wondering why you said JK. JK. Uh, you're like a 14-year-old white girl. Hey, sometimes you just got to be your uh, spirit animal. So, <laughs> anyways. Anyway. All right, Matt, and Matt, what you doing, man? Are you catching any fish? What's going on? I'm catching a few here and there, just enjoying a little break from turkey hunting, kind of detoxing out here right now. Oh, see, he's using the word detoxing, Andrew. That's about as white girl as you get. Come on, now. No, that's, that's being sophisticated. Oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's not it's – not, it's not comparable. Okay, maybe I, I see too many people doing these weird cleanses on Facebook, but that's as a side note. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you, Matt, what's the uh, what's the bite report looking like? Uh, bite's pretty heavy right now. Still seeing a few on bed, but most of them have moved out to the main channel in the grass, hitting a swim jig, probably one of my favorite things to do. Dude, I wonder if people would actually care to listen to a bite report. Man, that's, you might be onto something there. No one steal that idea. Hey, I didn't. That, that's pretty pretty sharp. All right, so Andrew, go coin that right now for us. Get that trademark going. All right, <laughs> All right I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll start working on a logo and we'll spam it out there for everyone. Right on. All right, guys. So it is April twenty eighth. Uh, pretty much what? What we got? Like two days left of season in Alabama. That's about it. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it is at the bittersweet end. I hunted for the last time this morning. Uh, and it was very uneventful, oh, kind of eventful, but nothing much. Just had a hen come by us and uh, was roosted up above us. But um, other than that, dude, it was not eventful at all. Until I left, found a big old timber rattlesnake crossing the road and uh, messed around with him for a little bit and got him off the road, which uh, it was entertaining. That's the first rattlesnake I've seen in freaking ever, dude. I mean, it's been probably three that, years. That post you made kind of gave me chills with him all curled up in that road. That was a big one. Heck yeah! Well, he made himself look a lot bigger than what he really is. I mean, I mean, he he really probably was only like three and a half feet, but he was just kind of girthy, but still had like a smaller mm-hmm. head on there. Again, don't want to get bit by the freaking thing, but uh, yeah, no, he he was a pretty snake though, and uh, yeah, definitely did not like me poking him with a stick. He was nice, calm, and collective until uh, gave him the old Jacob jab, and uh, he was not about that. <laughs> <laughs> old Jacob jab. So, but anyway, so yeah, it's kind of dude, it's kind of sad, man. A freaking bitter end to Alabama season. I mean, thank God I still have a Tennessee license and Georgia license. Andrew, I mean, we haven't even hunted Georgia all that much. You've hunted it only a couple times, right? Yeah, yeah. It it is bittersweet because I've been this year's been weird, man. I just haven't hunted as much this year. I think I've hunted probably the same amount of days, but the hours I've been able to hunt have been pretty wacky mm-hmm. and uh, i'm kind of glad that it's over because i can sleep now and i can just accept my defeat this will be the first year in four years that i haven't killed a turkey in alabama mm. which sucks maybe i can kill one in georgia or maybe oklahoma yep oh oh giving a little dun, dun, dun. yeah a little precursor what's up 
easy there. Anyways, Matt, well, kind of give us a little run through of your season. Also, you, I guess you and the guys, because I mean, you had some guys on y'all's team that freaking killed the crap out of some turkeys. Yeah, they uh, they kind of went off, kind of made a statement. But uh, as for me personally, I had one of the best and worst seasons. Um, had a lot of encounters, uh, good hunts on public land and good hunts on private. But uh, it just seemed like they ne- it never connected. Uh, everything would get close, and I had a few few misses i'm not really proud of but it happens and it'll happen again but uh like, like i said with our guys i mean one guy he's already killed four four birds in his own looking for his fifth and has put other people on multiple birds on public land such as Bankhead, and uh just really uh really showing out and uh getting them on the ground and it's uh it's pretty fascinating to watch him do it on public land too yeah, I was. I'm pretty jealous of him because uh, I remember when me and you were struggling early season, and he killed. Uh, if I remember right, he killed kind of a couple right off the bat. He did. He killed one that was. He calls it a bronze bird. You know, with their wing, they weren't as much black. It was more of a gold bronzeish color. Very pretty bird. Yeah, I'm jealous. I'm very jealous, man. I can't. Lord help any Jake that I see if I get to hunt again because he's. Oh, gonna they're get it. they're done. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'll tell you what i was i was hoping one would come by today with my bug except okay so let me let me give you a little run through this hunt this morning it was uh, the biggest cluster i think of the whole season so guess what andrew <clears throat> i am now uh going to be on I, I lost count of releases number four number five i don't know oh my god Look, I, I heard about you and your release <laughs> dilemma during deer season yeah oh. i went through through well I guess, okay, I went through two during deer season. Lost two. It was on my third. Just now lost the third. I have no idea where it's at, dude. And, uh, yeah, so is, I, it, I, is, it a thumb, is it a thumb release? Yes, man. I'm about to go to, I'm about to go to old school, freaking like a, like a Scott's uh, mongoose or something trigger. Man, any release company out there is listening. You need to sponsor Jacob. No, they're going to lose money. What are you talking about? <laughs> Just for your sake, man. Uh, they ought to feel bad. Or it'd be like a charitable thing. Just oh, have pity on the poor dude. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's rough. So anyway, so I've shot my I've shot my compound bow with fingers before, and like I'm okay out to like 15 yards. I mean, I can hit like you know three inch plate or so, four inch plate at 15 yards. Um, not fun though, and as Andrew says, not great for your cams because you could roll it off the cam. So I was turkey hunting today <clears throat> with Jeff Beaver again up in North Alabama using fingers i didn't even bring my my tab my uh, finger tab like i used with the longbow and uh yeah dude that was that was pitiful that was absolutely pitiful and then uh reignited my phobia of freaking insects and those stupid blinds dude i will never hunt out of another freaking blind again i swear to god i will bring a bug bomb or something oh yeah this guy we slept amongst the grizzly bears in wyoming oh i can deal with that blind about crickets yeah I can deal. I can deal with grizzly bears, but uh, crickets and spiders, bro. I'm telling you, geez. The first <laughs> blind we didn't really have any spiders. I noticed they just had these giant freaking camel crickets, bro. And they were they were in there by the freaking just like I don't know. They're, they ugh, huge up on the window, <laughs> like jumping everywhere. I was not down with that, dude. Not down with that at all. I was like, I was about to flip that freaking blind if one jumped on me. And I'm just, dude, I'm a pansy. Just a freaking will admit it on the podcast. I don't play around with that. It's like snakes. Like I saw a timber rail snake today. Whatever. Now, if it was under my boot or if I sat down on it, that would be a different story. But yeah, mm-hmm. stupid crickets give me all heebie-jeebie. So now, okay, let's derail that conversation. 
and go into go into more about Matt. So, uh oh, I met you at Auburn School of Forestry, and when I first moved to Auburn, I saw one of your videos that you posted on Facebook, and I was like, man, that guy looks like he's hunting. Yeah, I, I, I remember Colton tagging you in it. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah, I need to meet this guy. And eventually I wound up meeting you. And uh took a little while, but we we, we crossed paths. Oh yeah. And I was uh, dude, I'm I'm super impressed with first of all your video editing skills, but also your ability to find big old bucks because you found a whopper this year that you went after, weren't able to close the gap, Ooh. but still found him, which is impressive. Found him, place, man. Yeah, it was tough. tough. It, it was heartbreaking for sure, but just the privilege to actually hunt a deer of that caliber on public land was uh, something within itself. Yeah. Now, give us a little background on kind of your hunting story and how you got into filming and editing and stuff. Okay. Well, uh, as a kid, like I said, my dad took me hunting, and he'd always bring one of those big old silver video cameras, which most of y'all probably know what I'm talking about, Sony probably. And uh, I was always always liked talking in front of it, was comfortable with it, uh, and comfortable talking to people, but I never really had the budget to buy the nice camera or, say, the equipment that I needed. But uh, unfortunately, GoPro came out. And that was really my first big jump into videography and filming my hunts because it's affordable and easy for a beginner. And I mean, I know y'all use GoPros and pretty much everybody that films hunt uses a GoPro. So through the GoPro, I figured everything out, uh, used their GoPro editing software. And then from there, I kept saying, hey, I want the next thing. I want the next big thing. And uh, I finally had worked all summer, saved up my money and bought a Canon G20 which I still use that camera today as my main camera for my turkey hunts or for my deer hunts, my bad. And I uh, love it and got the set whole set up and really started diving into that using iMovie editing on my MacBook, which is a very easy tool for a beginner to learn that. And so, but there was still something missing. I kept watching videos from Instagram and I was looking for a more cinematic view. You know, you look at Heartland bow hunter, and uh, some of these other big-time shows, granted, I'm not going to be able to capture some of the things they see, you know, such as deer out in the, you know, in the fields and such, you know, just cool cool stuff. But yeah. uh, really kind of made the jump that I needed a DSLR. Granted, you do take some sacrifices with a DSLR as a self-filmer like myself, but the shots you get are incredible with pictures. And I mean me and you know from experience you know we went out and sh uh shot the other day just fiddling with these cameras and what they can do is incredible mm -hmm. oh so, yeah but i mean that's that's a little bit of rundown i edit with uh adobe premiere pro uh like most people you know it's it's out there and you just tinker with it and figure it out and that's that's really what i've uh kind of honed in on and i really have enjoyed doing it enjoyed telling my story to people whether i kill something or not it's uh it's pretty interesting hopefully to the people that watch yeah that was a that's a good rundown <laughs> if y'all haven't checked out southern pursuit you need to because if you've been watching our stuff you're gonna love his stuff because it's a lot better <laughs> no <laughs> cinematography goes <laughs> no <Nah, laughs> not at all yeah we're about, we about okay. the same there the DSLR thing, anybody out there who's interested in getting into, like, filming 
And I, if if you're wanting to do like super high quality stuff, take really good pictures and and take that video that just looks ridiculous, it just looks like super cinematic. It doesn't look like a home video, dude. DSLR is the way to go. It's a royal pain in the butt to film with, but my god, dude, the shots you can get with that thing are ridiculous. It the, the there's so much you can do. It's so many lenses you can buy. I mean, me and you haven't even got into the new lenses you can get. You know, I, didn't you get the polarized uh, filter for yours just now? Yeah, so I just that, got a filter. That changed the game. Yeah, that's what I was shooting with when I took that picture of the, like, driftwood thing yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to post that tomorrow, which is the day this episode drops on Instagram. So everyone go check it out. It's a cool picture. It's but, it's, it's really cool. Dude, it's uh, that filter's life changing. You Jacob's made me want to go find a find a creek and float down it. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, Jacob's over here, who, and Jacob is not in the DSLR club, so that's why he's being silent. Ouch. <clears throat> <laughs> what, now, what is he? What do you have? A Canon? It's a what Canon, is it? Canon uh, XA11, and Canon just released their uh, their XA40, which is their first 4K camera. In like a, in, in not like such a giant body, uh, so it's the same body as my XA11, which is like a which is like a XA30, XA10, roughly the same bodies. But they just came up with their own 4K, which is the same. It's exactly the same as mine, uh, except it shoots in 4K. It's got a little bit different um, upgraded audio on it. But uh, anyway, so yeah, that's what I'm using right now. It, uh, shoots in standard uh, 1080p, which is fine. The cool thing about the DSLRs, especially like Andrew's DSLR, which Matt again, I don't know the, the specs on your camera, but Andrew shoots in uh, Ultra HD, which is 1920p, which is ridiculous. I mean, the, the difference between 1080p to 1920 is, in my opinion, you there is such a huge difference. You can watch it, and you're like, it just is more crisp, and it's just more, it has more depth to it. Um, yep. Where, again, standard 1080p camera is not going to have that. Now, for the average guy that just wants to go out and film hunts for his kids and everything, he might not care about that. <laughs> But someone that really wants to kind of produce something for other people to be able to kind of check out, that's a it's a huge thing. And that's one reason I'd like to look at that new Canon uh, camcorder for filming deer hunts and stuff. Because for self-filming, a DSLR, DSLR is hard to do. I mean, it really it's is. It's tough. I mean, you can do it for sure because there are guys that do like the guys from uh, Whitetail Experience. A lot of those guys use a DSLR to film with. And it takes fantastic video, but man, you got to be on top of your game doing that and doing it correctly. Because uh, again, it's so easy just to get something out of focus or just not have it zoomed in correctly and this and that, and um, just kind of you know blur the shot or just not have a camera that you can really see the you know the viewfinder uh, or the screen easily. Uh, I know that's one big thing with a lot of people that try to go to the either the mirrorless style cameras or the DSLR, which I'm thinking about buying me a mirrorless camera. Not necessarily just for hunting. I mean, definitely, like, I'm not going to self-film with it, but I definitely would, if I was going to film someone else hunting, uh, I would definitely use it. And I've been looking at, like, the Sony uh, 6400 and 6500, along with a couple of the A7 models, um, mirrorless-style cameras. And they're fantastic interchangeable lenses, uh, you know, get all that worked out. Um, and, again, they just take ridiculously great video. Uh, also, they're so small. I mean, they're compact. And that's, like, that's like the dream. Because, I mean, my – I my camera is, you know, it's big now. It's not as big as like Jordan Barnes from Close Proximity TV. He just bought a uh, uh, FX uh, or XF. No, no, it's FX 400, I believe. It might be backwards. Um, but anyways, it is a massive 4K camera from from Canon. It, it, it's so big that it actually has two onboard fans to cool the son of a gun. So shoot, 
I, and, I, and that was a camera I was looking to upgrade at some time, and then I f- felt his, and I was like, oh, I do not want this. This is way too big. And the, the only good thing about it, like the kind of upgrade is it shoots in 4K60, and a lot of people like use the newer GoPros. They want everything 4K60 until they see how much space it takes up on a card and how long it takes for you to upload that footage to be able to do the editing because it is ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of like my setup and what I'm using right now. Solid. <laughs> now, talking <clears throat> camera arms and stuff, I'll tell you something kind of cool. Uh, so right now I'm using a, uh, you know, like fourth arrow stiff arm, which is, you know, pretty standard from a lot of guys. Most guys are using like some muddy arm or fourth arrow arm. Uh, our buddy yeah, Matt, I, I'm a, I use a muddy arm. Yeah. Now, you know, there's like the Muddy Hunter, the Outfitter. There's a bunch of different models. Uh, our buddy Matt uh, from Outland Limited Manufacturing, he just built, and it's a prototype that he's been working with in kind of collaboration with DIY Sportsman, uh, Garrett Frawl. And uh, we're actually going to be filming about it a little bit uh, this coming week. Uh, it's his saddle cam or saddle camera arm. The the adjustable base it goes against the tree, and you can adjust it however you want, level it out. It's ridiculous. And the arm itself weighs a total of two pounds. Okay, he's running Dang. he's running a Sony uh, XA100 on there, which is a very similar camera to my camera. It's a little bit smaller than my camera, but it's in between Andrew's uh, Sony. Um, XA or AX33, uh, and then my camera, and uh, says it works extremely well. It's got uh, there's a little bit of bounce, but for like for smaller cameras, like someone's running like uh, any of the Vixa, I think it's a Vixa, Vixa, Sony Vixa models, whatever, or like those um, the Sony um, XA33s or 53s or 55s. It's gonna be like the perfect setup for them. And again, like the whole setup weighs two pounds, which is ridiculous. I can't believe that. So I'm excited to put my hands on it. That, that would make a huge difference because that tree arm is probably the heaviest thing that I carry in, including because of my base. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, would, that, would, that would be a game changer for sure. Yeah. Now, kind of getting back to this turkey season a little bit, um, Matt, kind of walk us through a little bit of your turkey season. You hunt a lot of the same places that I do. And uh, you had some pretty eventful hunts this year. I mean, we had a few pretty good ones, but – you fired a shot and missed. I fired, well, what? I wouldn't say I miss. I wouldn't say I missed. I think that turkey had like on a bulletproof vest or something because he, <laughs> he hit don't. the ground and was flopping. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh but, now yeah 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 I remember yeah. Now now the other one, I I tried to like Jacob was doing with his bow. I tried to go out and kill my bow and I shot right under him. Mm-hmm. kind of the whole self-filming kind of bit me in the butt there he uh walked out of my frame and i said i've I've gotten this far i'm gonna get him on video and i let down and moved my camera and got him in my frame frame and right when i drew back he looked right at me and you know how they'll do when they see you they'll start fluttering them wings and they'll be walking away but their head's looking right at you while they're walking away and i just shot right under him he was at 30 and i thought he was at 25 that's a heartbreaker yeah but the other one uh was on public you know you you kind of led me in an area and i haven't had much luck public land turkey hunting and uh went out there one morning heard a gobble he shut up when he hit the ground well then i went back out and i I had a buddy of mine who had never heard a turkey gobble and i said i know where we can go just for you to hear one gobble he was gonna video for me and uh, got out there and we had three birds just hammering i mean it was just unreal, and one was a Jake, 
and he ticked off the long beard in the area and got him fired up even more. Well, they hit the ground, and uh, as most turkey hunters know, when a turkey hits the ground, you've either got he's either going to come to you, or you better make a move to cut him off of where he's going. So he was actually going away from us, and I said, hey, "We have we got to go now." So we made a big loop around to a hollow that I thought he was going to come down. It was a very abrupt transition from a pine stand to a, a bottomland hardwood stand, and he, uh, I called to him, and he was a hundred yards at the end of this hollow. And I, I put my decoy. I hunt with a decoy sometimes, and I think it actually kind of may have messed me up in this hunt. But I put it down in the bottom of the hollow, thinking that he would come off that ridge and go into the hollow, which I know he wasn't going to do that. Turkeys, all they do is walk those ridges most of the time and come right where you are. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's exactly what he did. And uh, I couldn't see him, but, I, you know, when, when a tom can't see the hen, he – he doesn't know what's going on, so they start clucking. You know, we've all heard the Tom do his curious cluck, trying to make something move, looking for a hen. Yeah. And, uh, he never saw her. Well, he just kept coming my way, and he was probably about 35, 40 yards, and I just had one little opening, and I shot. And that thing hit the ground, and I started screaming. Well, when I shoot a turkey, I don't sit there and celebrate. I run as fast as I can to go pick that thing up and put my foot on its head. Yep. And... um about the time I'm probably 20 yards from him, he gets up and starts flying off. And he just kept flying, and I never saw that turkey again. Heartbreaker. For so, context, this is the same area where we did our opening day turkey video this year for yes. all the guys who watch our YouTube. Same area that uh, Matt was in. So might be one of the same turkeys that we heard. It was, it was that close. Might have been. He's got a few pellets in him now, but. <laughs> who knows I, kill him I, next year I, I hate that that happened but like i said it's it's gonna happen again and that won't be the last time i hear that that's the one reason now, how far was that turkey again when you shot him i i think he's about about 40 yards which i shoot i know everybody's tss and i need to buy me some i just oh, haven't yeah. jumped on <laughs> I, I need i need to do it drink the kool-aid I, man I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard it's good but uh, Tastes delicious. all my life, I've grown, I've shot a 20-gauge, a Benelli Nova 20-gauge, and I don't even shoot a fancy choke tube, just an old uh, HS Strut Undertaker. You can get them from Walmart. And I've killed multiple turkeys at 50, and I've killed one at 60 yards. Holy and that's where the 20-gauge. Twi- and, and now, I don't know if I had some special bullet and I just ran out of them this past year, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> Dang man, that's a heartbreaker. We've all been struggling. We've all yeah, we've all struggled a little bit, run the struggle bus. Mm-hmm. Now we're it's, it's a process. They'll they'll get you'll get mad at them. Yeah. Now Matt, were you shooting like a Winchester Longbeards through that, or what? What shells are you using through? Yeah. Your- oh, I was using um. What were they? Um. Not Longbeards. Like the Supremes. Shoot, I can't. I think it was the Supremes. No, it was the Longbeards. My bad. It was the Longbeards. Yeah, because my gun, so I'm shooting, which I don't know if you know the constriction of your choke. So my 20-gauge, uh, it's got a uh, 562 uh, Indian Creek on there. And it will, abs- I mean, I think it throws a pretty good pattern at 40 yards with the, with the um, um, shoot, with the Longbeards. Now, you know, throwing the TSS, my, because my sight on there, got to aim a little low, it hits a little high. But, uh 
Dude, I think it throws a pretty good pattern. So, I mean, that's kind of crazy. You know, you're taking bird, you've taken birds out to, you know, almost close to 60 yards or at 60 yards, you know, with that 20 gauge, especially if you're shooting long beards. I mean, that's, that's pretty. Yeah. Well, see, those that I shot at 60, I don't know if those were long beards or not. Cause I, at that age, I mean, I was, I was younger when I first bought those shells and, you know, I've carried them around in my vest, paint wore off. Don't really know what they were. Can't oh, really yeah. find them. I just know that I just knew they were a yellow shell. But kind of back on that bird that I shot, now I'm not saying I shot him straight in the face and he just took it like a man and flew off. <laughs> I, I was I was sitting there and my buddy was on my left side. And you know how when you when you shoot a shotgun, you have your, your top bead and then your middle bead and you line them up and whatnot. I, yep. look back, I look back at my footage and that bird was walking right to left. And when I shot him, my whole shot, hit him in the back, across his back. So I, I shot right. I pulled right. And I don't know if it was adrenaline kicking in or what, but that's that's the first turkey that I've ever had in range and flat out just pulled it and just dumped it, you know, ruined it. But like I said, it, it got the best of me. Mm. Yeah, that sucks, dude. Yeah, I watched that footage. And, yeah, you definitely put that pattern, like, kind of right on the wing uh-huh and i'm i'm honestly i'm surprised he got away like i'm surprised he got up and flew based on where that hit him well he was look, he he was struggling to get up and i'm surprised i didn't shoot again i don't know what i was thinking i i guess i thought i was gonna run and catch him in the air and pull him down by his leg or something <laughs> that sounds like a good way to get spurred <laughs> look it would have been worth it <laughs> yeah yeah it would have been worth it well, Dang, man. Well, I was going to say, happened? at least at least you had an opportunity to be able to shoot at a couple turkeys. Dude, I haven't even hunted this year in Alabama, should I say, and even be able to pull the gun up on a bird. I haven't even, like, shouldered a shotgun uh, in Alabama. Uh, which, again, now this year, I've definitely hunted less this year in Alabama than I probably ever have. Um, I think you might have filmed more than you hunted this year, to oh, be completely honest. Oh, guaranteed. Hey, that, that's going to that's gonna pay off. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can we can only hope. Oh, about that, can 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 I segue real quick, or is there something else, Andrew, you want to touch on real quick? Because I got something that I want to tell you guys about what happened today. <laughs> oh God, go go for it. Okay, so I was hiking back to the car and everything. I get back to the car and uh, we're parked right next to the road. And anyway, sheriff deputy like is like like you know drives up behind me. He stops. I turn around and I'm like, Hey, how you doing? And he, the first thing out of his mouth, he's like. Man, I saw one of your videos today, and I'm like, "What are?" I'm like, I was like, "Dude, I was like, what?" I was like, "What? What are you talking?" He's like, "He's like, yeah, I saw one of your videos today," and I'm like, "Where?" And he's like, "He's like on TV," and I'm like, "Oh, on man. TV?" And I'm like, "Oh, he thinks I'm someone else." <laughs> Man, almost. Oh, man, he got your hopes up, didn't dude. Dude, and like, he's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I saw you on TV, man. I'm like, cool, awesome. <laughs> I just rolled with the punches, man. And he's like, he's like, run with it. Yeah, I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm like, awesome, dude. I'm like, hey, you like it? He's like, yeah, man, it was awesome. He's like, man, it's, it's awesome to see you. I, have, I still have no idea who he thinks I am. And uh, he probably thought you killed an elk or something, dude. I don't know. Like I mean, I'm wearing, I'm wearing Badlands. He probably thought he was Sitka or something. And he was like, oh man, he looked like you know chubby guy walking down the road with a camera. He's like, oh, he's a bunch of those guys. He's probably thought I was you know whoever. <laughs> So, and he's just like, he's like, oh man, that's, that's awesome to meet you. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, he's like, what's your name again? And I'm like, I was like, Jacob. And he's like, awesome. He's like, and I'm like, and your name, sir? And he was like, 
Jerry or something like that, and I can't remember. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, well, he's, I'm like, uh, I forgot what I, I was like, you know, I appreciate you like watching our content or something like that. I'm like, and uh, anyways, he's like, yeah, man, he's like, you know, y'all are, y'all been doing great, and I'm like, and he's still, I guess, believes I'm whoever I think I am, and I was like, okay, awesome. And I was still dumbfounded because he like that was the first thing he asked me. He's not like, "How's your day doing?" He's like, "Man, I saw a video of you today," and um, um, it was hilarious. And then finally, I was like, "All right, well, you have a great day." And he like left and everything. But dude, I was I was like laughing so hard. I'm like, "Dude, you wear some Badlands, wear some Sitka, whatever. Carry a camera around, and and instantly everyone thinks you're someone on TV." So <laughs> that was hilarious. I'm sure he'll go home. He tells his wife. I mean, he was an older gentleman, and uh, he's like, "Oh man, I saw." I saw Cody Kelly from Small Town Hunting or whatever today, or just somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like, I saw, I saw, I saw one of this and that. Yeah, I saw Jacob from whoever. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that was oh, funny. Matt, have you speaking of like cameras and running into people with cameras? Like people, the like people get kind of weirded out when they see you have a camera. Have you ever had any, like, because you've been filming longer than us, have you ever had any, like, weird experience with someone where you, where you like, run into somebody with your camera in the woods and they're, like, I don't know, just weird about it? Because I, I, I haven't had much of an issue with it. Now, I have some buddies that when you put a camera on them, they like, you're like, who did you just turn into? Like, <laughs> like normally you can hold a conversation with anybody, but now that I put a camera on you, that changes everything. Like, all it is is just a lens. Come on, man. But, but no, I haven't had any issue really with people, I, which I, I've been fortunate enough not to run into many people because one, I usually hunt private land until these past two years has, has really been when I jumped into public, but, uh, haven't had too much of an issue, issue with it. No, I, w- I wouldn't say it now. If I'm getting B-roll or something, I do get some weird looks. Like I went into a gas station you can see this in our last turkey video. Me and my friend, my buddy Boots, went to a gas station, and uh, the lady running it was obviously not from the United States and didn't know a lick of English. <laughs> <laughs> and my buddy's standing there talking to her like, "Hey, you know where the turkeys are?" And she's just like, keeps repeating what he owes her. So it was uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. She kind of kept giving me giving me weird looks, but. I just when we got done, I was like, "Dude, she doesn't know how to speak English." <laughs> He's like, "Dude, it was uh, it was great." When we were in Kentucky uh, filming our hunts with Kevin Murphy, when we were up there squirrel hunting, oh god, Jacob, Jacob got kicked out of Kroger for having the camera because he brought really? his whole big freaking Canon camera in there with a giant microphone on top, uh-huh. and people were doing some serious side eye looks at us, and then finally. Some dude walked up. He's like, "Do you have permission to have that camera here?" Jake was like, "I should have just said yes." <laughs> hey, I saw a post on Facebook, which you can't believe half the things that are posted, and it was talking about having to get permission to have a camera on public lands. Yeah, did y'all see that? No, dude, that's a thing. Like out west, in a lot of states, you have to have a film permit. Like if you go, really? to, if you go to Arkansas, a lot of public land out there, especially any, of course, any refuge, which good luck getting a permit on refuge. You gotta have it. Supposedly, getting a permit on, on in Kentucky from a friend of ours is quite difficult, even though I've talked to the commissioner of there, and he says there's not an issue getting a film permit. Uh, some of them, they'll give it to you for free. Like Alabama, they don't care. Tennessee, they don't care. Georgia, it's county by county. Uh, but you, dude, you go out west. Like, we're, we're going to try to film our um, elk hunt this fall in Colorado. 
that might cost us a pretty penny to like officially get a film permit. Now, a lot of people don't get yeah. film permits. They're like, oh, you know, I won't, I don't care about it. And you know, I'm not going to say anyone's been caught yet or whatever the issue is, but like, especially if you're doing it for a monetary basis, um, you could you could get in some serious trouble with that if someone actually wanted to prosecute you. Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. I think. Yeah, they could come well, get you, man. Well, their whole their whole pro, their whole thing is, and it makes it kind of makes sense, but it also is like a money grab from you know the states. It's like you're using, yeah. you're using public land for like your benefit monetarily. Um, so I see that's that's kind of like the the gray area. And some states are they more might specific. be thinking you're making money or something with yeah. your videos, which some people do. Yeah, well, it's kind of like we just see we just like monetize YouTube, okay? So like now we can't say the whole thing. Oh well, we don't monetize well. YouTube monetized us, so on that aspect of we now officially, if we're doing a state like that, we would need to get a film permit, to at least be in the, be in the green. Uh, I mean, you could play it, you know, go, go all rugged and, you know, maybe find yourself a game or something that is like, you know, finds you don't have a film permit or something. Maybe they want to process you. But, I mean, a lot of these outdoor TV shows or these guys, like Randy Newberg, uh, Meat Eater, all those guys, they spend thousands of dollars a year on film permits at West. Um, and not – we're not talking like thousands of dollars in like five grand. Like they're paying thousands of dollars in each state, depending on what states they're going to. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I yeah. think I'll just stay in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I made sure because when I interviewed Chuck Sykes earlier this fall or whenever it was, it was like in September. Uh-huh. When I was sitting in his office off the record, I was like, hey – about these film permits and he was like yeah we don't do that i was like thank god because i ain't got the money to pay for it (laughs) yep so that but that's a real deal i mean a lot of people don't realize that like a lot of people go out to like different states especially a lot of midwest states some have film permits some don't Uh, and a lot of people just don't even think about asking um until one of our friends a lot of people don't know it exists a lot of people don't know it's even a thing like we had no idea until uh tim told us yeah exactly I, i didn't until i saw the post yeah, and it's like, and and Tim was telling us so. That's uh, it's Tim Zinsley uh, from Badlands and Onyx. Um, he, he's a good friend of ours, and definitely someone inspired us to kind of get into you know, more into filming, especially on public land. But um, you know, he was talking about like you know, on filming on a lot of these public land pieces, you you need to have a film permit. Uh, now he's like, he told us like you could you know kind of cowboy it up and you know take a risk on there, and you, you know you might not ever get prosecuted, but. You don't ever want to be that guy that gets possibly prosecuted for, you know, filming public land without a film permit, which sounds ridiculous in a lot of aspects. But you got to think about some of these, whether it's YouTube or TV shows, and they're making, you know, X amount of money, you know, off sponsorships and everything else and viewerships, you know, kind of go out there and they're kind of profiting or profiting off uh, public land, and that's that's kind of the issue a lot of these states see. So, and it also comes down to like pricing for like some of that stuff. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's true. It's uh, we we still have to look into Colorado, see what that's going to cost us, and also, if I, again, if I can do Wyoming this year, I got to figure out what that's going to cost me too for a deer hunt. Um, but again, you know, there's, there's just people. Some people just don't even look at that. And I mean, it'd be amazing. You would be a absolutely amazing. I'm talking to listeners too, of a lot of shows out there, uh, especially um, you know, there's different shows out there that don't necessarily know or understand the whole film permit thing that are filming on public land uh and that's kind of like the thing i mean again you might not get busted for it but i'd rather play it safe than possibly be uh you know a poster child for not filming <laughs> the film permit 
don't be this guy. Yeah, don't be yeah. this guy or this group or whatever. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, that'd, that'd be awkward. Yeah. So, jumping back on to, like, <clears throat> hunting stuff. So, Matt, you just mentioned that you're a little bit newer to public land hunting. Now, I will say, just based off knowing you, um, that you freaking killed it on public land. Like, you might not have a bunch of stuff up on the wall yet, but, dude, you've been all over stuff. So, why don't you walk us through a little bit of your transition from private to public and maybe some, both for deer and turkey, start with turkey. Okay. Like, with some differences and similarities. Like, how, how, how have you been so successful? Well, with turkeys, I mean... What I will say is don't be afraid to walk and keep walking if you don't hear a gobble. Like these places that I've, I went to kill these turkeys. Now I'm not going to take credit for them because you kind of led me in that direction. But some, some areas I walked further to hear a gobble and to get on the bird. But yeah, just walk. I mean, one day I put seven miles on my boots before eight o'clock. You know, that just, you know, and that's on a slow day when nothing's gobbling. And I'm not even chasing the bird. I'm just walking roads. So that's really where I was with turkeys. Now, that's not my strong suit on public land because turkeys, I mean, it, it, it surprises me about how many more people turkey hunt than they do deer hunting. Mm -hmm. And I guess as, I, as being a student at Auburn, you know, I'll talk about deer hunting somebody and they're like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you say turkey and they're like, say what? You know, you grab everybody's attention when it's turkeys. And I guess people like it because you can walk around, talk, mouth call, and just, you know, be quiet when the time comes. But back on the turkeys uh, and, and me with public land, I, I found I can find some. But, you know, basically what I'm looking for is either pines, a pine hardwood transition where they can roost and go down to feed real quick. And a lot of the times on these windy days, you can find these turkeys sitting in little bowls uh, where a bunch of hollows meet together. But uh, basically, the turkeys that I found this year were all along a, a creek bed and uh, just l up against that creek bank roosting. And they'd pitch straight down into a burn pine stand that was adjacent to a hardwood stand. And they would feed between both of that all day long and just make a circle and come back and roost. So that's my kind of lowdown on the turkeys. And I get uh, is that is that about right, Andrew? Like, is that kind of what you were were seeing from what I did this year? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, and you got you worked that bird over there, and you got a shot, which is something that I didn't do. So, ever he's trying to sound all humble, but <laughs> no, I he got I, on him, man. The the thing with that bird and with a lot of turkeys that I kill is you have to get in between them and where they want to go. And he was wanting to go into that hard into that hardwood draw and. I'd never scouted that hardwood draw. I got up there, and it was literally a ravine from the pines down to the hardwood draw. And I get down there, and after I shoot, I start looking around, and they're scratching everywhere, turkey sign everywhere. You know, they were just hitting these little fingers that had food in them. But uh, so kind of there's my turkey spill now. I guess you want to hear my deer, what kind of yeah. my deer deal this year? Well, one sec, Jacob, uh, to put this in perspective, which the audience won't quite know where this is. Actually, they have no idea, hopefully. But, uh, <laughs> Jacob, you remember when we hunted opening weekend and we made it all the way to that place that we called the Turkey Foot with Mac? You remember that? We were way back by the river. Took us forever to get there. Yes, yes, yes. Where, yes. We, where we took a nap. <laughs> yes. That's where, that's where Matt was walking to the other day. Whew. 
Good luck oh, to that, Oh, I man. didn't tell you. I got I, something messed up with my toe, and I couldn't – look, I've, I've established, <laughs> like, I'm only 24 years old, and I've had two, like, detrimental injuries from this last two weeks of turkey season. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go to the chiropractor the other day. Like, oh, I, man. I barely crawled 100 yards to get 70 yards from a turkey, and I couldn't stand up, guys. Man, you're getting old. It was bad. Yeah, it hurt. Hurt to walk. Couldn't bend over. I started looking at canes online. I was going to get a head start. Get one of those hurricanes. <laughs> Hurricane was my first option. Oh, my God. Get out of here with that crap right now. God. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, so now on to deer. You, you came down to one of the heaviest hunted places that i've ever stepped foot on and found a whopper buck so what about deer man uh which i know it's turkey season and people want to hear about turkeys but still i'll kind of i'll make this one a little short and sweet like i said i've i've deer hunted private land all my life got down to auburn i was like i'm gonna get in the lease and then i reality hit me i was like i'm a broke college kid i'm just gonna hunt public land and so i started you know looking at kind of looking at the maps i said it whatever um, i'm gonna bleep it I'm bleep. Gonna bleep it. you heard a bleep guys that was a bleep all right someone <laughs> let the cat out of the bag all right but, it, but anyway so i i get out there and i kind of scout and i was really focusing where i could see sign and that was basically in the creeks and uh kind of went in this spot blind one day kind of kept walking got up in the tree late and y'all can call bull crap on this or not but i saw 17 deer and two rack bucks on my second sit on public land Ooh. during bow season man you should have quit right then quit and, and and i've got footage to prove y'all can look on my channel i think i have the one of the bucks here's a 10 point and i should have killed him but because of self-filming i did not kill that buck because i was too worried about getting the camera on him much less shoot him but anyways regardless of that uh, ended up killing a few does, didn't kill any bucks last year. So fast forward to this year, I really put my boots on the ground early in the year. I, uh, got out there, found some new places that I, uh, didn't know were there at the time and, uh, got in on, found the does, found the food and that's where the deer were. Uh, so I found one area that I kind of had in my mind last year to kind of look at, you know, it's off the path away from everybody. So I put a camera up on a, just a little trail that these deer have been walking a few scrapes from last year and I leave it in there. My buddy goes in there opening day. He says, there's tons of people in here. This isn't worth anything. I was, I was like, well, great. I need to go get my camera before somebody steals it. Well, I go get my camera and lo and behold, I have a 140 inch 10 point on my camera on public land. Ooh. And I, and I was, I fixed at first I thought somebody was messing with me. Somebody took my card out, you know, put this deer on here. Ha ha ha. Laugh, <laughs> you know, well, no, he started showing up daylight middle of the day. I'd go in. He wouldn't show, he'd show up the next day, kind of a cat and mouse chase with him. But, uh, I ended up not getting him. Uh, but he drove me crazy. I actually took my dad in there and I said, look, do not shoot anything except for this buck. And we're sitting there, and it's almost dark, and I hear thwack. And I'm like, he killed him. <laughs> I call him. He shot a coyote. And that, my heart was racing. I said, are you kidding me? But 
anyways, there were some pretty coyotes in there too, but the deer kind of ran out. And then later in the year, rut kicks in. You know, that's what usually when you kill your bucks. Um, I was walking through that same oak flat. I think this was mid-November or early December, one of the two. It was a real windy day. I ended up walking in there. I shot a pig, and then I walked to the flat, and I shot a seven-point, just kind of, you know, stalking up through the – because of the wind, they wouldn't hear me. So that was my first buck on public land this year. And then uh, I think it was the three days before the season went out, me and you talked about it, Andrew. You were like, hey, I saw a buck here. You know, if you if you want it, go for it. And I was actually headed to the, that spot that morning, and I drove up, and there were two trucks there. Mm. And now if those two guys in the trucks are listening right now, I want to personally thank you for parking there and beating me there because that led me to end up going to my second choice spot and I ended up killing a nine point with a drop tide on public land Ooh. chasing the dope. So uh, it's been a whirlwind and I've really enjoyed the public land chase. It's a whole new deal for me and I've really enjoyed this experience and figuring everything out because everything's new. You're not, you can, you can't hunt in the same spot twice. I mean, you, you can hunt wherever you want to, and not have to worry about, you know, hey, what's going on here? You just you just go and do it. Yeah. Now, we're coming up on time, so I'm going to hit you with one more question here. Um, with, with your background in forestry, is there anything that you can say, and this is just kind of a general question that could apply for deer or turkey, but if you could make it apply for turkey, that'd be great. Is there anything that people can look for as far as timber goes that will indicate a good place to find game. Yeah, so with with turkey, uh, you know, they're they're already finicky as it is, looking for prey, whether it be bobcats, coyotes, they're always looking around. And you really don't want a dense stand, which when I say a dense stand, I'm talking, you know, thick pines or a or an open hardwood stand with a ton of underbrush. You want that turkey wants to be able to see as far as he can and see what happens. So there's, there's been a lot going on with this, uh, do we burn pines here, do we burn pines there, controversy on Facebook right now. Uh, and a guy, a guy put up a video that hits it to a T of why we need to burn and how that helps our turkey habitat. So when looking for turkeys on public land, hit up the burn areas. Because as soon as they green up, those turkeys are going to be in there eating the new forbs, legumes. And as those forbs get get grow and mature that'll produce more insects for those turkeys to eat as well but you can't beat a hardwood bottom i mean you just you can't beat it i mean that's that's hard hardwood bottom with a creek running down it there's always going to be turkeys there you just got to find the right one yeah and in, ca- and in the case of like a satellite image that stuff's pretty easy to to locate you can get on uh, google maps usually has wintertime photos which makes it easy because you can see the the gray hardwoods and the green pines. But yep. if you're using like Scout Look or Onyx or something, they don't always have wintertime photos. Mm-hmm. If it's summertime, you're screwed. Cause yeah, green. I know I know y'all are big on Onyx, and I've tried it. It's a great app, but I use the Hunt Stand app, you know, and, and that's mm-hmm. that gives me a good, uh, a good picture of the transition from those pines to hardwoods. Yeah. Another good one's Google Earth because you can toggle what year you're looking. Yes, exactly. So you'll have like six or seven different years where there's a fo- aerial photograph of the area, and mm-hmm. usually one of those years is going to be 
uh, winter time, so you can tell the differences. Yes, that's useful to tell, like a cutover. If you're going to a new place and you're wondering how old that cutover is, uh, exactly, you can go back in years and figure out how old that cut is, and that can tell mm-hmm. you a lot about for deer or turkey. Yeah, you, I, I've, shoot, I've multiple times gone to an area and been like, hey, this is going to be a good area to sit over with a gun, and you get there and it's all six foot tall. You can't see anything, you know. So, mm-hmm. look at that ahead of time. That'll that'll save you some heartache. Oh, no, for sure. So, Matt, where can people find your stuff? Like, uh, give us like Instagram, Facebook, and everything, so people can check you out. So, you've got my Instagram, which is Southern Pursuit underscore SP. Uh, you can go on there. I've got some little teaser videos on there with a bunch of turkey pictures right now. And then my YouTube channel is also Southern Pursuit, but just Southern Pursuit Plain. And uh, you can look at that. Uh, if you like it, subscribe. We're going to have some more stuff up in the coming months, probably, as turkey season dwindles. Probably do some uh, food and habitat videos in regards to deer. And with my forestry background, that would be a little helpful to y'all and hopefully get y'all looking at it. Yeah, for sure. Well, Matt, um, we appreciate you coming on. But, Jake, have you got, any, uh, got anything else? I was going to say it's a pretty good episode, and Matt, I appreciate you coming on, dude. It was a good time kind of talking with you, and hopefully got a lot of our listeners kind of an idea of not only what you've done when it comes to filming, but also kind of like your background when it comes to hunting. So, dude, we appreciate you coming on for this week's episode. Oh, I appreciate it. And if, if anybody has any questions or anything in regards to anything I said, feel free to uh, message us on Instagram or Facebook. We also have a Facebook. I forgot to say that. Same, same name and everything. Sweet. All right, man. Appreciate it. Good deal, guys. I appreciate it. You guys seem to really have enjoyed over the last year where we went to a Q&A format every Thursday on the show where we answer some listener questions. Now, some of the most common ones that we get have to do with gear, but also how to find a good hunting buddy. You know, I'm really lucky to, to have a hunting buddy like Jacob. We've been on a lot of incredible hunting trips together over the years, and it's just nice to have somebody that, you know, is always down to go on that that trip that you've always wanted to go on or, or who'll wake up at three o'clock in the morning and go get that gate before someone else does on public land with you, whatever the case may be. And like I said, we get a lot of questions on how do you find, you know, a group of people who enjoy that same thing so you can kind of network and make some connections. The Mobile Hunters Expo is the place to do that. Y'all heard us talk about it last year. And guess what? This year it's happening in Dalton, Georgia. We're going to be there June 28th through the 30th. We're going to be there all three days. We're going to have a booth. You can come talk to us. We talked to a lot of you guys last year, had a ton of fun. So looking forward to that again. But guys, I'm telling you, this is the place to come network. And there's going to be a ton of you guys there. A lot of Southern Outdoorsman podcast listeners are going to be at this show. And actually Friday, June 28th, there's going to be an after hour social after the expo. So what better place to go kind of intermingle, hang out with a bunch of like-minded people and probably pick up a couple new hunting buddies so you guys don't miss it it's june 28th through the 30th i'm telling you if you listen to this podcast this is an event you need to be at now we'll see you guys at the mobile hunters expo june 28th through the 30th in dalton georgia